This is Five on Five. Hi, this is Nate again on the Five on Five, where we take five minutes, five days a week, to talk about everything that matters to college men. Today, we're going to talk about Psalm 50 and what it says about pleasing God. Now, I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your father, whether you feel comfortable around him or not, or if you always felt like it was hard to please him. Maybe you felt like you could only get on his good side when you're able to conform to his expectations, doing the things you think he likes, being strong like your father, being able to follow in his footsteps, being able to accomplish the same things he was able to do, and being the best at slaying dragons. Or maybe I'm talking about a hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon. Anyways, I think we can all relate to this somewhat, and we often transfer that same relationship to God. We think that as long as we perform and do certain things, then we will please God as well. Go to church on Sundays, read the Bible here and there, pray, don't curse, and be generally good. Then we will please God, and He'll be on our side. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those things. There are good things for us to do, but it's missing something. And if that's the only way we connect with God, God actually says He would rather us not do them at all. And that's what Psalm 50 talks about. In verse eight to nine, it says, "Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me." So the Israelites were performing all the right duties to God. They were doing all the right sacrifices. They were even doing them a lot. But God continues and says, "I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds." God didn't want any of their sacrifices. Why is that? Even though they were doing the sacrifices, that God wanted no part of them. Well, let's dwell on that line of thinking that sacrifices should please God. Basically, it says that God is out there in heaven and really needing a sacrifice. He's hungry and he can't get it himself, so he's waiting, waiting for his people to sacrifice some animal so that he can eat it and be happy. Or it's thinking that God is some emotionless deity that just has a giant book where he records all of our wrongs until we do a sacrifice that cancels it out. And once our sacrifices outweigh our wrongs, he is pleased. Ultimately, it's saying we can just buy God with our sacrifices. But that doesn't make any sense at all. After all, all the world is his. Do we pay him back with his own things? That's like trying to pay a friend back by taking cash out of his own wallet, and that's what God says in the psalm. Every beast is mine; the cattle are mine. And if I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness is mine. God is not in need of anything from us. We can't pay him back. Then what are the sacrifices for? Well, the point of the sacrifices were to be a payment substitute for our sins, but it was so much more than that. It was to be the way that the people and God were to be reconciled to each other. The sacrifices didn't show that God was angry up in heaven, waiting to be appeased. But the sacrifices were an opportunity that God created so that the people could make peace with Him. So then, what does God say we should do instead of sacrifices? In verses 14 to 15, God says two things. First, He says to offer thanksgiving to Him instead, and it makes sense because there's so much to be thankful to God for. If everything in the world and its fullness is His, then all we have is from Him. He has given us all our blessings, and even more than the blessings we have received, He gave us salvation from our sins. He paid that ultimate sacrifice for us all. There is much to give thanks about. And if God wants a relationship with us, then Thanksgiving makes total sense. Thanksgiving connects us with the other person. It recognizes and acknowledges what that person has done for us. Giving thanks is a deeply relational thing. The second thing God tells us to do is to call upon Him in the day of trouble. Basically, God wants us to go to Him when we are in need. This one might seem a little strange. So instead of giving something to Him, God wants us to ask for things. Well, if you think about it in a relational context, it makes a lot of sense. Let me put it this way: I know daughters are not relatable to college men, but just humor me a little bit. My daughter is 10 months old. She's super cute, but she can't do anything for me. In fact, for the most part, she makes my life more complicated. But even still, I love her. And when I see her crawl to me, give me a smile, and raise her little arms to be picked up, I'll do anything for her. In that moment, it feels like she is saying to me, "Dad, I want to be with you. I need you, and please help me." And for us to go to God in our times of trouble is doing something very similar. It's acknowledging who He is and the relationship. It's saying to God, "God, I need you. You're my heavenly Father, and I know you are in control." I trust that you know me and are there for me. Please help me. 
Of course, the things we ask for have to make sense in that relational context. We don't just ask for Teslas and yachts, right? But for things like counsel when we are in a tricky situation, deliverance when we are in times of trouble, protection when we are battling our sins, or comfort when we are downcast. When we go to him in that relational context of God as our Heavenly Father, that is powerful. So instead of just going through the motions and doing those routine sacrifices, let's relate to God. Let's remember that God made the final sacrifice so that we don't have to make these sacrifices. All we need to do is look at what he did for us on the cross and relate to him by giving thanks, repenting, and drawing near to him as our Heavenly Father. That's the way we will honor him.